Hey, hey, Cubs fans, and welcome to this edition of Cubs on Tap. And what the hell happened tonight? What was that? First, for starters, I'm your co-host, Ron Luce, and I am joined today by Nick Hudson. Nick, what the hell happened tonight? You know, I don't even think the Cubs know, man. It was horrible to watch. I'm sure a lot of fans turned it off, but, you know, we sat through it. And I don't know what happened. Honestly, I'm hoping that was just a fluke, but it hurts regardless. Yeah, I think hurts is going to be the word of the night uh, for this episode because, yeah, that hurt. That was painful to watch. Um, For those that maybe don't know what happened, um, or you did, and we're just going to remind you anyway, the Philadelphia Phillies win tonight against your Chicago Cubs 11-1. It was what was it? Eight nothing. No, I'm sorry. Ten nothing by the end of the third inning. This was not a fun game, ladies and gentlemen. This was not a fun game at all. Nick and I are we are here to share our pain, to share our, I guess, frustration, our hurt. Remember, that's going to be the word of the show. And I think a good place to start, Nick, is something you and I were just briefly chatting about before we uh, hit the record button, and that's. Cole Hamels did not look good in his first return to Philadelphia tonight um, since being traded, what was it now, almost three years ago? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. So, three years ago. Um, kind of in, kind of incredible or, when you think about it, that it's been that long. Um, but, I mean, that's what happens when you go to an AL team like the Rangers. He was you know there for a little bit, kind of just doing his thing, and then obviously last year coming to the Cubs late, and then be, being with the Cubs... Um, all of this season thus far. <sighs> so I'll give the stat line really quick for Mr. Hamels. See, I think the listeners can just hear the pain in our voices right now. Stat line for Hamels. Two innings. Yikes. Nine hits. Double yikes. Eight earned runs. Triple yikes. Two walks, two strikeouts, and a home run given up. His ERA after tonight's game went from... Ooh, I believe it was... Well, and this, this is in two games now. So two games ago, he was at a sparkling 284 ERA. He is now all the way up to a 369 ERA because of his last two starts. Oof. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you oof. What do you think, man? I, I I need to hear more of that oof. You know that that's just how to sum it up. But if you want to break it down, you just got to say he's just been awful. Um, he's really just not performed to where his standards are. And, and Cole is a battle kind of guy, kind of like John Lester. And it is scary, and I think most Cubs fans would agree, that these big numbers are being put up against these guys because they'll go down 5 nothing, and then they'll just battle their asses off and get out of it. But they're looking helpless up there on the mound. I mean, especially Cole these last two starts. It looks like he just does not have an answer. Yeah, I think that's incredibly well said. And, um I'm going to go ahead and use my analogy um, because Nick told me I have to use it because I thought it was pretty good. But <laughs> So as we mentioned, Cole Hamels makes his return tonight to Philadelphia, the place that you know he was such an integral part of uh, for a very long time. Uh, he pitched you know numerous no-hitters in a Phillies uniform. He was there for a World Series title. Uh, he was that ace of that rotation for years for the Philadelphia Phillies in their heyday, the late 2000s, early 2000 teens, I guess you would call it. 
2010s. I don't know. I don't know what the correct terminology is. But, you know, he was, I don't want to say the face of the franchise, but he was certainly one of them. And, you know, you had guys like Chase Utley and Jimmy Rollins. And then right in that same conversation was Cole Hamels. You know, he was consistently one of the guys uh, for that team. So they show him a ton of love tonight in his first return. Uh, He gets a standing O before the game. I'm sure he was incredibly emotional, as I'm sure all players are when they return somewhere for the first time after, you know, going somewhere else. You know, I'm sure John Lester's first return to Boston was, you know, emotional. I'm I'm sure... um, you know, Troy Tulowitzki's first return to Colorado once leaving was emotional. You know, just some of those type of returns are, are going to take a toll on a player mentally. And the the analogy I used, um, because, you know, Nick and I were discussing. So Cole Hamels was not throwing his change up tonight. And that was something Nick and I talked about off the air. Nick actually brought it up. He goes, I don't even think I saw him throw a change up. Correct. He didn't. Because it, fastball was getting tattooed all night long. Okay. So... David DeJesus said it best on the, the post-game show tonight on NBCSN. Cole Hamels lives throwing that low fastball, supplementing the changeup. And that's where you confuse hitters, you make it look like a fastball, they swing over it. Well, Cole Hamels, ladies and gentlemen, decided to... Um, let me put it this way. So, gentlemen, and even ladies, this can this can apply for both, for both genders here. When you break up with your ex, okay... And three to six months later, you you go to a party and you're still not quite over them. And you know they're going to be there and you just try to be, you know, pretend that you're, I'm okay and I'm this badass and blah, blah, blah. Girls know what I'm talking about. Guys know what I'm talking about. We all do it. I've done it plenty of times, as awful as that is for me to admit. And that's what Cole Hamels was tonight because it, it backfires. It does it not in your face. Every single time you try and do that to an ex, it backfired tonight when he tried to do it to his ex-team. And, um, you know, he tried to go hot. He was trying to go high fastball. He's trying to overpower guys tonight. That's not his game. And, you know, and it, it might have honestly, it, you know, and I don't even think it's necessarily him just trying to come in, you know, trying to come in there and puff his chest. But mentally, you you could tell he wasn't there. He wasn't hitting his spots. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he was in a whirlwind of emotion going into that game. Um, but you can't, dude, eight earned runs in two innings. What the <laughs> hell, man? It it was bad. <laughs> Granted, yeah, it was bad. But those uh, other runs, there was a key point in that game. And it came when, you know, Cole Hamels was taken out. And I believe they put in Alec Mills. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had an 0-2 count on the dangerous JT Real Muto Ugh. and grooved one in there. And Real Muto hit a grand slam. Yep. So some of those earned runs against Cole are tough earned runs. But he put them on base, and that's the way baseball works, ladies and gentlemen. And that is the way the cookie crumbles. Yep. Yeah, and 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 uh, I'm I'm gonna refer back to embassy NBCSN again, um, their post game show because I think they did, they were doing a good job, kind of describing you know what was going on in, in Cubs fans' minds tonight, and they even said they're like you know in that ballpark, it's it's admittedly a hitter's park overall usually, especially in the summertime, it's like Wrigley, and you know down maybe five runs early in a game, there's a chance. Still a very slim chance, but a chance. 
that JT Real Mutual Grand Slam took all momentum out of that uh, that Cubs team tonight. All of it. Any any that they were even going to have going into those later innings, gone. Toast. Sayonara. Adios, amigos. Just, it was gone. It wasn't there. And, yeah, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, oh, it was bad. I agree with you. The Grand Slam hurt. And watching that, I actually predicted it as sad as it was. Because I am a pessimist when the Cubs get down. Even if the Cubs are down four runs, I start to really get annoyed. And I was like, you know what? It's no two count. He's going to throw him a fastball and he's going to crush it because that's the kind of luck we're having tonight. And he did. Sure did. He grooved one right in there on no two count. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. That, it, yeah. It, that was, it was just one of those nights. And, and uh, appropriately, our guy Brian Mishler today wrote an article. It was, why can't the Cubs win on the road? And guess what? They did not win on the road again. They have not officially now, by losing tonight's game, have still not won a road series since May. I believe the 15th through the 17th. That was, what, four months ago? Three months ago, if I do my math correctly? I can't do math right now because I'm so angry. But three months ago. It's been nine weeks. (laughs) They're the the second best home team in the NL. Behind only the Dodgers, who are the best team in baseball right now, record-wise. And yet on the road, they're the second worst team in the NL, only to the Florida Marlins or Miami Marlins or whatever the hell they're called because nobody cares about them. They're tanking. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's so frustrating. It, it's it's unbelievable. I feel like I've been doing too much talking, Nick. So uh, let me get some of your more, you know, and, and let's, okay. So let's try and put a little bit of a positive spin on this. I have a question. <laughs> so you said Alec Mills comes into the game. He still gives up three earned runs, but he pitches the remaining six innings and they don't have to waste the bullpen tonight. Yep. I, I think that bodes well. I, I mean, they have to win tomorrow. If you get swept by the Phillies going into Pittsburgh, it's not a good look. What do you think? Uh, do, do you do you think they were that Joe was pleased that Mills was able to go all six and I mean if if he started the game and only gave up three runs in six innings that's a good start. Yeah. However, he's yeah. coming in after they already have an eight run deficit, uh, yeah. or excuse me, a what six run deficit? Yeah, six run. Yeah, deficit. it was six run deficit with bases juiced. Um, and the uh, the rest is history. So, I guess you know. Can you pull anything positive from this pitching performance tonight? Besides maybe the bullpen piece of it. I mean, I'm trying, man. It's not working. Yeah, well. you know, I'd like to try to. And and honestly, the only thing that we really can pull positive from it is exactly what you said. We weren't. We didn't touch a lot of our guys because Alec Mills was able to do that. And I think that in a blowout situation, a manager has choice. And there comes a time when he can either just pull out of the game. Because honestly, like you said, once JT Romuto hit that, it was over. I mean, you might as well just called the game. It was done. So at that point, you just got to figure out how you're getting through the game. I thought Joe did a good job at getting through this game. I mean, it's hard enough when you have to piece together a start after a guy only goes three innings. Not even Mm -hmm. a full three innings. But Alec Mills came in. He kind of flashed to Tyler Chatwood almost. And not as good, not as dominant, but a Chatwood. 
I, I like that comparison a lot, actually. Um, that's touche. I like that comparison <laughs> a lot. No, and I, 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 I think I agree with you. I mean, you know, Joe did a good job managing to get through that game. You know, when you go down 10 nothing in the third inning, you kind of know more often than not, I shouldn't even say more often than not, all but maybe a miracle in the dark, once in a hundred years type chance. You're not coming back from that. You're not even making it a game more often than not. So, you know, he, like you said, he packed it in. They called it a day. You know, they got through the game. Nobody got hurt. It was just, okay, let's get done and let's get it over with. And I guess the lone bright spot for this team, Chris Bryant goes yard. Been hitting very well. Um, I was, I got the the pleasure of talking with uh, Sean Sierra this morning on uh, Sean and I in the morning. And uh, we talked Chris Bryant, and you know, he's like, what's going on with Chris lately? And I was like, actually, his last 15 games, he hasn't been great because that eight-game stretch in there, he was just crap. Just absolutely <laughs> crap. But his last seven games going into today's game, before today's game, and now that he's hit the home run, it's probably still hovering in the same spot. He was batting about 423. So now in his last seven-ish games, eight, we'll call it eight games, he's got three home runs, eight RBIs. He's batting in the 400s. I mean, he seems to be picking it up. I just feel like he's doing it so quietly because the the rest of the Cubs have not been when he's been hitting, the rest of the team seems to be hitting and when he's like gets two hits and just gets on base, nobody talks about it. Yeah. That's a really good way of point, putting it out. And everyone expects Chris Bryant to get back to his like MVP rookie of the year caliber numbers and until like people just see home run after home run they're not even going to pay attention to him but he's putting up solid numbers if you think about him last year compared to now mm-hmm. well, last year everyone was jumping off the boat of bryant they're like what a bust mm-hmm. he's busted like he's horrible and granted we're not getting we're really not getting the bryant and rizzo cubs fans are accustomed to mm-hmm. or even javi at this point but you know what? My grandfather put it best. This Cubs team is the most inconsistent thing. They could look like unbeatable, like the Dodgers. And then on another hand, they could look like the Detroit Tigers beating themselves all over the field. Your your grandfather <laughs> is a wise man. No, that's that's probably the most that's that's the most beautiful thing I've heard about this Cubs team. They are yeah. it, they're like they're almost artistically inconsistent. If that makes sense, because one day they look like a, a Picasso painting that <laughs> should be hanging in the you know art institute downtown, and then the next day they look like you know it looks like I took a paintbrush with my toe and tried to paint. Like it looks awful. It looks terrible. <laughs> it, it, people go, "What the hell is this?" And that's really what they've been. And you know, and I think, uh, you know what, I, I honestly think, a, so a little a little tidbit of information. So, Jason Hayward scratched right before the game, was supposed to lead off today, ended up being scratched because of, um, I think they just said some soreness or something like that. Knee soreness is, is the official go. thing, yeah. And, and I'll, as somebody who's torn their ACL and has had knee surgery, knee soreness is not fun when you have bad knees. <laughs> So he was scratched. Tony Kemp leads off the game, plays second. They move Ian Hat from second in his seventh hitting position to, to center field. I feel like Jason Hayward 
in the leadoff spot has been a bit undervalued lately. And I, I think there's there's a, a, a still a decent amount of people that are appreciating what he's doing in that leadoff spot because he's batting about 278, 279 right now. But I feel like a good portion of the general population still is underestimating, in my opinion, how truly important he's been in that leadoff spot. What do you, I mean, do you think that had, I mean, obviously when you lose 11 to 1, there's a lot of things that went wrong, but, you know, maybe just out of the gun instead of him getting on base, you know, Kemp is, is an out. Yeah. You know, uh, I kind of feel for Kemp not to get off topic. I'll get back to what you were saying, but that strike call last night was the worst thing I've ever seen. And poor Kemp, because he's trying to get into a groove. He's with a new team, you know. He's got to, like, look at Castellanos, who's just raking. And Mm -hmm. he probably feels bad, but he goes up there tonight. I would have liked to see him. He's the type of guy that could throw down a drag bunt and wake up the defense right away. I mean, it's the first pitch. They might not be on their toes. Throw down, like, a bunt or something. Yeah. But Hayward should always be leading off if you ask me always it's very underappreciated especially because if people don't remember what jason hayward was last year then i'll just refresh your memory he was a glove he was a glove and a really good glove i mean we had him in right field for a glove (laughs) he was not the best hitter on the team by any means and this year he is raking he was like that one kid on every pickup baseball team that you were just like, he's an easy out, bring the infield in. Was, yep. He was kind of one of those players last year. Yeah, I think I like that idea really with, with Kemp. I mean, he's got that speed. You know, I, I feel I feel like Billy Hamilton used to do that quite a bit when he was still in Cincinnati. Is oh, yeah, he he'd did. He'd lead off games where, you know, he'd try and drop a bunt just because he's like, all right, well, if you're going to sleep on me in the first half out of the game, I'm going to drop one on you and I'm going to laugh at you when I outrun it to first base. Tony, <laughs> you know, Kemp certainly a guy with that kind of speed. So, um, I don't hate that idea. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Castellanos gets another hit. Not surprising there. He goes one for four. The rest of the team, Rizzo gets a hit. The rest of the team besides Caratini goes over <laughs> like that. That was the night in a nutshell. This, this was not a good game. I was joking oh. with my dad. Um, when I was, I was walking past the TV and he's watching it and I looked at the score and I went, oh my goodness gracious. I'm like, well, this is going to suck to talk about later. He goes, he goes, oh, Cubs on tap. I went, yep. I was <laughs> like, Nick and I are going to have a great time talking about this game. So, yeah, man, that was, that was just not pretty. Uh, I, yeah. You can't, you can't get down. Like, especially, I mean, I think we're all forgetting Aaron Nola is on the mound. You can get down by two runs Dude, and that stuck. guy can just kick your ass every time <laughs> so 10 runs it was over it was over before it even began yeah Aaron Nola a very good pitcher he's 11 and 3 yep. now after today's game that's not a joke there's a reason he's their ace I, I think a lot he's another guy I think a lot of people sleep on and just don't remember how good he actually is um now granted they couldn't hit Jason <laughs> Vargas last night so I don't know why we all thought they were going to hit Aaron Nola today but yeah, we're all oh. optimists and things go well. Speaking of being an optimist, I, I can't be an optimist about this. The uh, St. Louis Cardinals are up six nothing in the bottom of the ninth. So yeah, yeah. So they're gonna good. tie us probably. Yep, and the Brewers won today too. Great. Yeah, they won with Trent Grisham. That's their rookie guy, of course, and he hit a three-run homer off Sergio Romo. I was watching it on my app, and I was like, no. Uh, of course. Of course. 
Just yeah, of course. That's how it is. That's how it is for these Cubs. I feel like maybe I'm the only one, but I feel like, oh, we can't catch a break ever. I, I'm right there with you. Oh, man. You know who's going to get a, a lot of enjoyment out of uh, this episode? <laughs> Who? Your relative. <laughs> Tony's going to have yeah. way too much fun with this one. Tony's going to love this episode. Tony's- I think Tony was excited. He uh, he seemed excited to me. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he, They uh, got a big win off the Astros. So They sure did. Yeah, for, for the Screw listeners us. who don't know who Tony Marchese is, uh, he's your cousin, right, Nick? Yeah, that's okay. my cousin. So he is Nick's cousin. Uh, he, Tony and I have been together for a very long time now. Um, and he's a diehard White Sox fan. And the White Sox <laughs> won today. And he was at the ballpark. And the Cubs lost. So we all know who's very happy uh, about tonight. Um, but we, we can change those fortunes, Nick. And you know how we're going to change those for- fortunes? How? With our friends at Second City Picks. Because oh, heck yeah. When we're sitting here wallowing how terrible the team was, you can be going on Twitter, and this is you listeners, all right? So listen up. You can go on Twitter, at Second City Picks, and make sure you spell out that word second, because if you put a two and N and a D, it's not going to work. You're going to go find them. They're our friends. Give them a follow. Give them a like. Give them a shout out. Do whatever you got to do. And you're going to find what game they post for the day. So every day they pick a game. It's uh, based off a Chicago sports team. There's the rare occasion where if both baseball teams are off for the day, they might pick. uh, Like one time they did a Charlotte Knights game, which is the White Sox AAA team. And more often than not, it's a White Sox game or it's a Cubs game. And you're going to go ahead and they'll give you the link to their website, which is secondcitypicks.com. Spelled the same way as their Twitter handle. Weird. You're going to go in. And you're going to go ahead and see what the game was. So today's game was that Astros-White Sox game. And uh, and, and yesterday was also White Sox-Astros. And um, they gave me a shout-out because they put up a Connie's Pizza gift card. And I was super excited because, like, I'm going to go win this. And then the Sox spit in my face and they said, no, you get no Connie's Pizza. So I was very sad. But... And ladies and gentlemen, so you heard me talking about a gift card. Yes, I hope I piqued your interest because here's what you got to do to get that gift card. You're going to go in. You're going to pick the runs for the Chicago team, whichever one it is, White Sox, Cubs, and what you think they're going to score for that day. You're going to pick their opposition's run total, whatever you think it's going to be for that day. The tiebreaker is always going to be your Chicago team's hits. Um, In some other cases, for example, when they had the Bears preseason game, it was Bears passing yards was the tiebreaker. They're always going to have some great tiebreaker that they come up with. And then you're going to give them an email address. Nick, it takes, what, 25, 30 seconds to do all of that? Give yeah, it's quick. And, and for all you young people, it takes quicker. Exactly. <laughs> and even if you put a little research into it, maybe you go check the pitching matchup for the day. It still takes you only a minute. And yeah. um, after you give them all that information, you, uh, you hit submit. And you're locked in. Uh, and you can win one of their awesome prizes. So they've had... Now twice Connie's Pizza gift cards, which I am adamant about that I want to win. And I still have not won. And I'm very sad about that. And they know that too. And, you know, they've had Bona Beef. They've had Chipotle. They've had Pequod's Pizza and more pizza. Hey, everybody loves pie. You know, they, they have a bunch of great gift cards to a bunch of restaurants all around the Chicagoland area. So please, 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 please make sure you go ahead and follow them on Twitter at Second City Picks. 
and go on their website, secondcitypicks.com. Pick every day. It's absolutely free. It costs you nothing but a few seconds of your time, and you can win some awesome gift cards from our friends and sponsors, Second City Picks. See, there's something exciting and positive for today. You could you could have won a today was a taco gift card. It was like Velvet uh, Velvet Ooh. City Tacos, I think it was. Um, tacos, and, yeah, and they came up with the hashtag Taco Wednesdays, which I enjoyed. Um, Ooh, I actually taco tweeted Wednesdays. at them. Yeah, I was like, that's that's very. Here you go, Velvet Taco. Okay, I was right, Velvet Taco. Yeah, for today. Um, but yeah, go give them a shout out. They are they're they're a bunch of good dudes, and um, and I've. They keep giving me every opportunity when a Connie's Pizza gift card, and fate just keeps <laughs> spitting in my eye because I think that's you the blow world. It. I think it's the world telling me I don't need pizza. I need to lose weight, so <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and take it for what it is. <laughs> but all right, well, before we get too sidetracked, this is what happens when the Cubs just get dominated, ladies and gentlemen. We get very sidetracked very easily. We're yeah. like we're like a dog that sees a score one run by outside of the the uh, front window, but. We're going to transition into hopefully greener pastures here. The rubber match tomorrow. So uh, for those that don't know, um, the Cubs and Phillies will finish up their series tomorrow at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It is a 7.05 Eastern Standard Time first pitch, which is a 6.05 for you Chicago Standard Time Zone people or Central Standard Time Zone people. And it is a one to carry my one, a four o'clock start for our buddy Nick out there in Arizona. Yep. Dude, I envy that, man. You're done with – like you'd be eating dinner and the game's over. That's awesome. Anyway. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm very envious. Anyway, um, but so for the rubber match, uh, your pitching matchup is a f- current Cub and a former Cub. Uh, and a lot yep. of people don't know this guy was a former Cub, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. But you, Darvish, takes the mound for your Chicago Cubs with his 4-6 and six record, which is not at all indicative of how he's pitched. Uh, a 4.43 ERA, 158 strikeouts already. Man, oh man, oh man, he is just going to blow the 200 mark away this year. And on the other side um, is the left-hander, the southpaw, the 2-6, and six, the 6.96 ERA, and 76 strikeout, Drew Smiley. And a lot of people are probably like, Drew, Drew Smiley never pitched for the Cubs. You're right, he never pitched for the Cubs, but he was on the roster. Uh, the Cubs initially signed him two seasons ago. Um, to a two-year contract, he was recovering from Tommy John, and or yeah, right. It was prior to last season they signed him. So last year he spent the whole year on on the on the IL, recovering from Tommy John. They they thought they could kind of make him into a quote unquote reclamation project, turn him into something once he got healthy. Instead, they decide to deal him. Uh, I believe they dealed him originally to Texas. And then now he has somehow made his way to Philadelphia. Um, and now he pitches against the Cubs tomorrow night. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> uh, was something that hmm, Brian and I, I think, or it might have been you and I. I don't even remember anymore. We, we're always talking on here every day. So my days blend together on occasion. But um, we were, you know, we as the Cubs on tap crew were discussing, um, you know, if you're Drew Smiley, and Nick, you can answer this question. You know, I'd love to hear your opinion. If you're Drew Smiley versus the Cubs, who has the upper hand here? Does Drew Smiley have the upper hand because he's seen all of these guys bat and he knows what their strengths and weaknesses are? Or, you know, I mean, really, none of these guys have ever truly faced Drew Smiley. And even when he was a teammate, 
he really never pitched, so it's kind of hard to know what his stuff is. So I, I, do you think Drew Smiley has just that much of an upper hand tomorrow, or do you think it's kind of just a wash because, I mean, a 696 ERA is nothing to applaud by any stretch? Yeah, I think uh, being it's a rubber match, and the Cubs know how bad they need this, being his ERA and how bad it is, I think greater heads will prevail and the Cubs are going to be able to get to him. Uh, I don't think he has an upper hand. Just because the type of pitcher he is, um, he's not doing well at all. So in baseball, even if you know the batters, if you can't pitch where you you want to pitch or you can't locate or you can't even attack the hitter the way you want, well, you're, uh, you're out of luck. And especially if the Cubs are looking for vengeance and hopefully they're hungry. I mean, I'm hoping they come in there and they're hungry and they're ready to just kill the Phillies because these two games have hurt them in the standings, like, badly. So I'm hoping that, you know, they have it. But I really think that Drew Smiley doesn't have an upper upper hand. No, that's totally fair. I think that's a very good point. Um, who is your fly the W player of the game, hopefully, for tomorrow? <sighs> You know, I'm going. I'm going to go with Darvish. We need a good start. We need a solid start. I hope no one gives up. You know, we can't give up a lot of runs, and uh, the offense needs to pick up Darvish. He's had to pitch in some really tight spots, and um, continuously through this, uh, we got to get him some runs. You know, when he goes out there, he's really good about starting like with his fastball. He's got to locate that fastball. And that'll set up his breaking pitches. But if the fastball's not there, and we've seen it where it's just not there and he can't command it, he really falls into some trouble because he tries to throw the breaking ball for strikes and his slider just gets crushed over the, the uh, fence. He's a home run ball kind of guy. Mm-hmm. If he's going to get by, bit by any bug, it's the home run ball. And tomorrow, that just cannot happen. Yeah, agreed. And um, yeah, I'm just to quickly add off that. Yeah, it went, you've seen it in the games too. When he when he's hitting early with that fastball at 97, 98, and with location, that that slider he can just throw it you know down the middle and have it break off the plate and no harm, no foul, and people swing through it. But to your point, when that when you know that fastball is not working, whoa. That's what he doesn't give up a ton of hard contact, but when he does give up hard contact, it tends to leave the park. <laughs> yep, exactly, and that's not good. No, not at all. Uh, as we saw you tonight, don't want that. Um, from Cole and Alec Mills, a good pick. I, I think it's a really good pick, especially because fun fact: there's only two current players on the roster um, that are have ever faced Drew Smiley in a game. Fun fact. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. So Jonathan Lucroy has faced him five times. He's only batting 200, so he's one for five, but it was a solo home run, so we'll take it. And, Promising. And uh, Castellanos is the other one. He's batting 375 and eight at-bats and has an RBI. So nobody's blowing the you know the numbers away against Castellanos. Everybody else on the roster has no at-bats against this guy, so, or against Smiley, excuse me. So... I, it's not really easy to sit here and pick a guy for tomorrow. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to go ahead and go out on a whim, and I think he's going to put together another good game tomorrow night, and that's going to be Chris Bryant. Because as we were t- discussing earlier, he is quietly having a good season, but to your point, 
because he's not putting up the... And really, outside of RBIs, he's on pace with just about every other category to his 2016 season. He just hasn't been driving in runs. And I think a big huh. I think a big issue of that is something I brought up on the Northside 9 podcast about a month ago. And that's when he was batting in the two-hole and we did not have anybody that could lead off a game to save their freaking life. Um, he was – the only way he could drive in runs was driving in himself, right, for a lot of the yeah. time. Or if somebody in the bottom third of that – got awful order, um, was actually getting on base and he was coming up, you know, at the top of the, uh, at the top of the order. So I think now that he's in the three hole, now that Castellanos is here, now that Hayward has established himself as an everyday, uh, leadoff hitter for this team, I think he's going to be put in better situations to drive guys in. I mean, he's got really nice numbers on the air and I want to read some of those numbers off to some people just so people can truly appreciate what he's doing. Um, so in his in totality this season, he has scored 87 runs, which is a, an excellent number. He has 125 hits, 24 home runs, 59 RBIs, and he's batting 292. And I'm pretty sure every single one of those stats except RBIs is on pace with what he was doing in 2016, because he scored over 100 runs in 2016. He's on pace to do that. Um, you know, he had what 30? I think it was 37 home runs. So he's a little behind that pace. And I think he batted somewhere around 290-ish. And he's hovering there, too. You know, I just, uh, again, I think where he was batting in the order, I think that just killed his RBI totals. I mean, he got his 59th RBI tonight on his solo home run. Um, And I think the more he's hitting in that three-hole, and hopefully the one and two uh, hitters continue to get on, um, he's going to have more opportunities to drive uh, drive in runs. And just very quickly, in 25 at-bats over his last seven games, he has five runs, scored 10 hits, two home runs, six RBIs, four walks, and he's batting 400. And that's because one of those one of those home run games is now out of the picture. So if you include that eighth game, he has three home runs in, in that time span. So um, he's he's been pretty good. I mean, he's he's picking it up. The problem is just nobody else is hitting, and so it doesn't matter what he does because... Nobody else is doing anything. So, but he's my guy. I'm going to go ahead and pick him. And I think uh, a good honorable mention is one Nicholas Castellanos. And I think that's going to help my pick of Bryant because hopefully he's getting on base and then Bryant's driving him in. So, that's my. I like that pick. Yeah, that's a good pick. Bryant uh, has been performing well this year. You know, I'm actually surprised to hear that he was on pace. But then looking at those stats, you're completely right. So it's kind of crazy because, I mean, as a Cubs fan, I guess I've kind of fall victim to not, like, maybe it's that magical feeling that that run had mm-hmm. where you're just like, oh, every time he's up, you just won't, you just feel that he's going to crush it. I don't have that feeling. Not to scare all the Cubs fans out there, but yeah. I don't know about you, Ron, but I just don't have that magical feeling in me right now. <laughs> I haven't had that magical feeling since 2016. I hate to say it, but <laughs> yeah, it's just, and, uh, and you know, and this is something that we actually a while back during the Crosstown Classic discussed with your cousin and company over with our guys over on Shy Sox Weekly and Socks on Tap. Make sure you go check them out. If you're a Cubs fan and refuse to listen to them, tell all your White Sox fan friends. You know you have <laughs> But, we we had that same discussion. It was just like, everybody was like, why? You know, Tony said, he's, why are you upset? You guys won a World Series. And it's like, 
Yes, but once you taste it, you want more. That's just the yeah. human nature. Once you taste the promised land, once you taste that ultimate accomplishment, you want more. It's like a drug. And that's why, you know, guys – gambling is a good example and why it becomes addicting. You get that high when you win, so you just keep craving it and you keep going for it even if you keep losing. You know, and, and I think yeah, – obviously it's different as a sports fan. Nobody's like going billions of dollars in debt because of watching Cubs baseball. At least I hope not. But, you know – Emotionally. <laughs> Emotion exactly. We're emotionally in debt. Because you just you wanna see this team do it again because they and I think it'd be different if if twenty sixteen was truly based on how the roster was constructed, a fluke. Where it was like it was the one good year, the team came together and then like the next year they started to fall apart because they couldn't afford people or whatever. Totally different animal. Then I say, Okay, fine, we got the one, now let's go rebuild and try and win it again in six years or something like that. But this yep. team was so young when they won it. It's almost the same roster minus a handful of pieces. You know? Yeah. And so that's, I think, what it is, too, is why it's frustrating. It's like, damn it, it's the same team. Why can't we get there? You know, what is this holdup? Is it because oh, they think they're no. invincible now because they won it? You know, like, it's just... Consistency. Yeah, exactly. I mean... I feel like you and I could have an entire hour-long episode just on that topic alone. So yeah, I won't... the consistency's not there. Yeah, yeah. So I won't beat into that too hard. But um, you know, certainly something to to just consider. You know, and it's just like, yeah, we just we want that. We want to feel that magic again, and I want to feel that magic again when Brian's up at the plate, and he's been good. And I think the difference this year with Chris compared to that sixteen year is 16, he was swinging for the fences every single time, and he was pulling the hell out of the ball, right? This year, yeah. he's taken a lot more things the other way. I feel like he's becoming a more complete hitter. He's hitting more doubles. He's hitting more, you know, singles into right field. You know, he's hitting more balls up the middle, and I like that. And, that you know, and that's why that average is still in that same ballpark of his MVP season. And that's why that run total is still high, because he is getting on base, and people are driving him in. And it's just like, you know, and I think those RBI numbers would be up there if he was actually had people on base he could drive in. You know, so it's just, but to your point, it's not that same magical feeling when, like, every time he comes up, something big happens. Now it's like, if something big happens, you're like, oh, okay, that was lovely. I like that. Let's do that again. Good job, boys. And you get the little clap in the back and the little golf clap, you know what I mean? And, yeah. You know, it's just, it's such a different, yeah, it's just such a different feeling now. So I think, I think that's well said, man. I'm not going to, not going to argue that at all. Well, um, I had fun talking to you, despite <laughs> that fun. garbage fire that we were discussing tonight in that nasty game. Yeah. There was three True. ones on the board, and two of them were on the side of the Phillies. And only one was on the side of the Cubs. <laughs> All right, Nick. Well, before we get out of here, do you have any final words for our fantastic listeners? You know, I believe last time we did our podcast, I said the same thing. But let's turn this thing around. Let's. Uh, we got to turn it around. We got to yeah. do something, something different. Um, let's win this rubber match. Full head steam into Pittsburgh and try to just take care of the Pirates, bury them, make, you know, we got to get rich off of some teams. I, I thought we'd get rich off the Phillies. Uh, obviously, I was completely wrong. <laughs> um, they also, a notable thing, not to start up something, but 
the Phillies did get a new hitting coach. Uh, that might have mm-hmm. sparked something in their lineup to be like, oh, let's do this. But they obviously didn't have him till today, but you never know. Yep. So, no, I'm glad wanna... I'm glad you mentioned that because I had that exact same thought when the news broke, and they were like, "Phillies have a new hitting coach," and I went, "Oh no!" <laughs> I was like, I, yeah. "I've seen this story before. It's uh, it's like every other coach that gets fired, and all of a sudden it's that fire under <sighs> their ass that <laughs> gets them going, and 15 runs in two days will do that." So. Here we yeah. are. Yep. Here we are. So yeah, no, uh, they need to go win this rubber match tomorrow and and roll into Pittsburgh. Uh, just as a heads up for Cubs fans, uh, Saturday's game is going to be a fun one. Certainly worth watching. It's a twelve thirty five, I believe, first pitch. Um, it is the Little League World Series game. Uh, so they're playing in Williamsport. Uh, the jerseys are awesome. If you didn't see them, we have an article on ontapsports.net.com. Um, that our great Johnny Nani wrote because he's just a uniform geek about it, and I'm the same way, so I feel I feel that. Um, the Cubs jerseys are cool. They're gray. They say Cubbies across the the front of them. Uh, the players are wearing their nicknames, so it's like a second player's weekend kind of deal for the Cubs and Pirates. Um, and then Pittsburgh's jerseys say the Berg on them instead of Pirates. So cool little touches. Um I actually, okay, so this is actually something I really quickly want to bring up to you. We'll go a little long. It's okay. <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier, and tell me what you think about this, and I, I want to share this with somebody. So, obviously, the Players Weekend jerseys are very bland. They're very boring, right? Yeah, Home yes. teams are all white. Away teams are all black. Very original. Good job, MLB. You guys are so creative. <laughs> you guys are getting like the NHL when it comes to the jerseys. And... And I was talking to my senior manager today, who's a very big baseball fan, and I was like, how cool would it be if they took this Little League World Series idea that they're doing with the Cubbies and the Pirates and applied that to all the teams for Players Weekend? So, like, the New York Yankees would say Bronx Bombers on their uniforms, and the Toronto Blue Jays would say the Six on their uniforms, and the Braves would say, like, Chop On on their uniforms. And, you know, um, you know, Cincinnati could just be as simple as Cincy on it. Or, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Chicago, the White Sox could be like the South Side. And, like, you know, you can get creative with it. And it would be fun. And they would be more colorful. And it just this white <laughs> and black nonsense that they're going to have on Players Weekend is is so boring. It's just like, yeah. you know, it's unoriginal. At least last year's <laughs> uniforms, even though they recycled them, it's like at least they had color. They were vibrant. Like, I, I felt like I was watching a modern day baseball game. I'm gonna. I actually might. I think I'm. I'm gonna be at the game that Friday of Players Weekend for the Cubs, and I, I'm gonna feel like I'm sitting there in the 1930s when guys all wore white baseball caps and the saggy pants. Like that's what it's gonna feel like. And I'm kind of upset about it. So, you know, I think that's just a, a kind of an interesting idea. I don't know what your take is on that, but like I, I was literally going through with my manager. I was like naming every team. I'm sitting there and I'm like. Okay, I was like, even so, he's he's from St. Louis, so he's a Cardinals fan. I don't love that, but he's a good dude, so I deal with it. And I was like, the Cardinals could have like the Redbirds on their jerseys, or even you know, uh, oh, what was the other one? Or the Cards? You know what I mean? Like just an abbreviation. Like you can get so creative, and then like Cleveland could be the land, and you know, Oakland could say the town, and then San Francisco could say the bay, and just like you know, you can have fun with it. And, and they, yeah. you know, and that's what Players Weekends is supposed to be. You're supposed to have fun with it. 
and instead they just were boring and picked black and white. But I, I'll get off my rant. Uh, I, I like it. No, I really like that idea. And something to add to <clears throat> how awesome those jerseys would be is maybe like a silhouette of the state or something. You know, I you're like right. That like, idea. I like that idea. Yeah, you could go it. all out, you know. Um, I guess I could play the devil's advocate for a minute for MLB, but a lot of those guys get to design their own cleats and they get to wear all weird hairbands and stuff. So I'm hoping there's some pops of color all over. But just like you, I had the same reaction. I was like, what are these? Like, why? Yeah, Last yeah. year I was okay with them. Right, exactly. And like, you know, initially I saw the white and the black and I'm like, okay, like, I don't love it, but they're clean and blah, blah, blah. And then I saw them in person. I saw them in uh, – I was actually um, a, a – they're, they're a friend of Ontap Sports. And that's something to bring them up. Pro Jersey Sports out in Bolingbrook. Uh, I was there on Sunday. And they had the, the Cubs player jersey, you know, player weekend uniforms. And I saw those things in person and I went, nope, I hate them. I hate them. I don't like them at all. I was very <laughs> bored with them. And, you know, and even – but even to your point with, like, the cleats and stuff like that, like, they would be that much cooler with cool uniforms. You know, now it's going to be like, I'm going to look at Javi Baez playing shortstop and I'm going to see a white hat, a white jersey, white pants, white socks, and then like neon green shoes. And it's just going to be like, see, <laughs> this would look so much cooler if you were wearing the Williamsport game jerseys, you know, for the Cubs yeah. or something. Giant like chains hanging yeah. from his neck. Yeah, He's going to be all out, that guy. As he should be, and I just yeah, they should. Is... I love it. Players' yeah. Weekend is one of my favorites. I, I, I like think Players' I, Weekend. I, I think it's awesome. Yeah, and I think it gives players a way to express themselves. And yeah, you know, in a in a day and age of bigger personalities and sports and things like that, I think it's good for the game. Baseball is a struggling game when it comes to attendance. The average age of fans is in you know the forties and fifties. You know, it, they're trying to attract young people. This is how you attract young people. And all the more reason I think they dropped the ball on the jerseys. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they dropped it too. Oh, it's just, um, yeah, I, I uh, wish I had full control of the jerseys. And you too, because we have such good ideas. It's like, uh, MLB, can you get us in there? Because they would look awesome. Hey, MLB, all we need is 72 hours and we want 1% of all jersey sales. That's all we want. <laughs> We'd make an absolute and, and, killing. Yeah, we'd uh, we'd retire right then and there if we got one percent. <laughs> well, we wouldn't totally retire. We would just do this full time instead. Yeah, this exactly. <laughs> we would just do this Cubs on Tap every single day, and twenty four hours. Yeah, just this is Ron and Nick on the mic. You're we are in the twenty fourth hour of twenty four hours, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yep. No, that would be absolutely absurd. Alrighty, yeah. sir. Well, uh, just a quick reminder for our listeners that we are brought to you by the ONTAP Sports Network. Uh, you can find us on the interwebs at www.ontapsportsnet.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, at ONTAP Sports Net. Be sure to check out all of our literature and podcasting works for your favorite Chicago teams. We have everything. Obviously, we cover the Cubs and pretty extensively. Our guys over on the south side do a great job uh, with their coverage as well. Cubs fans, we all have that one friend that's a White Sox fan. Go refer them to our guys over on the south side. They're good dudes. I don't love their affiliation with their team, but I get it. It's fine. <laughs> um, we got great Blackhawks coverage, um, great Bulls coverage. Our Bears guys are in full swing now with, with training camp and preseason. 
um, you know, up and running for the NFL. Uh, and we cover just about everything else across the sun, too. So go ahead and check us out. Once again, that is www.ontapsportsnet.com. And again, on all the social media outlets at ontapsportsnet. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your co-host, Ron Luce. Mr. Nick Hudson, thank you so much for joining me tonight. It was always a good time talking to you. And um, without further ado, let's hope tomorrow night's game is much better because uh, that was a miserable one tonight. (laughs) Let's go, Cubs. (laughs) 